0: Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Joe, Rich, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. My patience is thin because it took us 30 minutes to do that. (laughs) I'm just kidding, guys. It's a pleasure to speak with you again. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Now, the 60th anniversary is coming up. That's a special. Do you think this is the last hoorah, like they're all saying, that this is the last, like, there's always they do it in ten year increments, I think, and then it seems like the sixtieth, everyone kind of agrees this is probably the last one. I mean, we got four JFK films coming out this year, and a couple big events coming out.
1: No, this kind of happens every ten years. I mean, it, the conferences are every year, but every ten years, there's always a lot of um, things going on because it's an anniversary year. So I, I don't think so. Um.
2: Yeah, it's not over. It is far from over. Um, Paul Landis just supposedly confessed late yeah. in life at age 88. Yeah, but isn't that for his book? Yeah, he's trying to sell a book, and uh, the whole whole story is nonsense. Uh, uh, yeah, he's trying to sell a book for the 60th anniversary. Uh, he says he hasn't spoken for oh, 60 years. But he's he's now revealed that he discovered CE 399, the so-called single bullet magic bullet. And uh, so what we got going here is uh, a false conspiracy. Uh, I I've seen this coming. There's a lot of things that have been in the works where they uh, they have to extend the false mystery for another 50 60 years. They're going to do it by creating a they got to admit to conspiracy because they lost that war a long time ago. So they're going to admit to a false conspiracy. They've got lots of backups. They've been gaming this for decades. You know they do this. They game this stuff. So they're doing a fallback position, a limited hangout, where they're going to admit to – they're going to, like, hint that there's a conspiracy. And then they're going to pretend to investigate it. And they're going to come up with probably a, a second patsy. Which won't matter for anything, and everybody will debate. People are already today debating this uh, stupid Paul Landis story, uh, but it's a false mystery. It's another false. It's an extension of the false mystery that involves a limited conspiracy, a false conspiracy, and that's going to keep things playing out, you know, because we're, all we're going to do is just debate it. Uh, all the people who love to debate this, and, and they got it back on a single bullet. So everybody's going to re-debate the single bullet theory, uh, even though, you know, you can eliminate the whole idea that a bullet came out of the gun at all. If you read Walter Graf's in my The Gun That Didn't Smoke, no bullets came out of that gun. If you, go, if you just go with the way the Warren Commission said it was set up when they found it, uh, it contained a clip. Anyway, we could go into all that stuff about the clip, but you could read the paper The Gun That Didn't Smoke. It's online uh
0: that's what society does because society reads things now just remember that society reads things
2: yeah alan dulles is rolling over in his grave right no, he's
0: he's having no but you mentioned a false uh, i guess i mean creation of conspiracy do you think it's kind of reiterating the whole 60 years resetting the clock again instead of it just being the 60th year anniversary and this is the big hurrah, this is when everyone's demanding answers. I mean, people I've already seen say that Paul Landis is speaking out because he realized these documents weren't going to be released. And I mean, that's a, it has a strong point, but if you kind of look at it from more of like, I don't think that's the reason. I think they're just what you're mentioning, Rich, doing this whole thing to restart the clock again, back to, it's going to be like, next year is going to be like one year two years three years the whole clock's going to restart because we're all going to be rehashing the same stuff and that's what it's meant to do it's a giant confusion event the truth is never going to come out i know they say it comes out eventually i just don't think so but i think it's going to have us keep rehashing and making it so much more of a mess i mean look what social media has done into it i've noticed people that hop on the event when it's the anniversary start making videos that the driver did it that this person did it and then they Compile it together and it gets hundreds and hundreds and thousands of views. So eventually you try and look back. Anybody who's really trying to look at this with an open eyes is not going to come across the work of the first generation researchers, the second generation or the third generations are going to come across montages and clips and Jackie did it and all this other type of crap that's going to be okay. Well, that's what they're going to run with. And then they're really going to lose the main fish. They're going to end up straying off and catching a stray or something like that and not knowing what's going on, but then have it solidified in their mind. That, oh, it was Jackie or it was the driver. Well, that's important part for researchers. What about the first generation, David Lifton's work? I don't think you're going to come across that in the next five years when that uh, well, we stuff we, reiterates. Well, we'll,
1: David Lifton is not – I would never send anybody to read David Lifton, put it that way.
0: Not the autopsy stuff?
2: Okay, but they it's they longer. are because his family is finishing up his book and it will be released. So, how do they know huh? what he was thinking? Uh, they don't. But he he practically had it. He had it finished anyway. He's a Lifton was a perfectionist, and he was trying to like get every period, every comma, everything perfect. But the book has been the book is finished and it's editable and it's releasable and. Definitely within the next five years, probably within the next year, they'll release Lifton's book, and he has has some amazing new stuff in there. Who knows if it's true? Uh, he says he's got it nailed down. Uh, there've been he's given he did some uh, he did some podcasts uh, that are on YouTube in his last uh, months, saying some very interesting teaser stuff. So we're definitely going to hear from Lifton again posthumously. Um, but you know this whole landis thing it's it's like at least the seventh single bullet fantasy by my count. Um, and he's he's partnered with a former secret service law, uh, secret service director and a lawyer who's partnered with John Dean of Watergate and another venture. they're doing a, a continuing legal education thing about Watergate, the ethics of Watergate which, of course, with John Dean involved, it's the standard official story of Watergate. It's not, of course, they're never going to connect that. Those guys are never going to connect that to the Kennedy assassination. We already, but, you know, so there's going to be the, the distraction and the entertainment, like you were saying, Robbie. Uh, and, you know, just let let those guys go and enjoy themselves. So. Those of us who already know the story of the assassination, know the conspiracy, we'll stick to our guns And we will try, continue to try, to resolve this thing. We'll try to uh, stop the lies and get an official admission of, see, that's the brilliance of this Paul Landis thing. If they give the illusion of officially admitting to the conspiracy, there are other other distractions because uh, Landis, uh, he's put himself in legal jeopardy. Sure, one of his partners here is a lawyer, but At minimum, he's admitting to tampering with evidence, obstruction of justice by evidence tampering, dereliction of duty, withholding evidence uh, relevant to a legal proceeding is called foliation of evidence. I talked about in that essay I wrote about uh, what's his name, the denier in Dallas, Uh, uh Ferris Ferris Rookstool. Ferris Rookstool's day off. I wrote about you know, his spoliation of evidence, you know, all these deniers, they've done things that are against the law. Landis is just the latest guy to do it. And so we could, you know, we could convene a grand jury. We could indict Landis on this. Uh, you know, there's things we can do. They're going to have their fun and, and do their little fake conspiracy. Uh, but, you know, that's that's dangerous, you know, admitting to any kind of conspiracy because of the... All the the people who've been saying conspiracy, we get to say, you see, you know, they lied all this time. It it really makes a lot of people liars uh, who said it's that they ain't even quoted in the New York Times piece. They quoted Posner. It's Posner that came up with the seventh version of the single bullet theory. He had come up with a sixth one too. <laughs> so uh, here we go again. We're going to debate for another fifty years on the single bullet theory. To you, do you kind of team
1: not-
2: uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just saying it's it's not over agreeing, uh, agreeing that it's not over.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned John Dean. I think that's perfect because um, you know the general public tends to think as John Dean is the hero of Watergate. He's a co-conspirator. And more to that point, there's an analog to what's going on with Landis, and I would say that it's Mark Felt. Um, Deep throat. Yeah, but and, the real yeah deep so deep, yeah deep so we're, let's let's stop you know speculating about deep throat we're just going to say it's Mark Felt Mark Felt is not deep throat okay he's he's an FBI COINTELPRO guy um, that is not the source that uh, they would be using the the source is going to come from ONI the connections are from the Office of Naval Intelligence not the Federal Bureau of Investigation and particularly not Mark Felt but they do that they admit to it and they say oh yeah yeah it's definitely Mark Felt to try and put the kibosh on any further discussion on this issue. You can speculate all you want, but we've admitted that this is who Deep Throat is, and it, it's not.
2: It's not, yeah, it's not. Uh, you know who Deep Throat is? Margaret mm-hmm. Thatcher. I, I think it's uh, um, Admiral, blanking, guy lives in Austin, he was head of the LBJ School of Public Affairs, for a long time, uh, Admiral, yeah. In Secret Agenda, he talked about this guy, and he he was in all the right places. I'll think of it at some point before we're done. Yeah. It'll pop.
0: Which event in history, I would say, do you think has the clearest answer, or do you think we've never been given the full truth of any of these stories? Like, I have a problem with Watergate because everyone blames Nixon. I'm not a Nixon apologist. I just go, hey, he ain't the only fella doing bad back then. The fact that his name rings out through that time period, especially around Watergate. And I get Watergate was a mostly Nixon issue, but the FBI was doing corruption too. To me, it just seemed like they needed this guy and the whole ship sinking. So they're like, Nixon's going to be the one. That kind of takes it down. I do believe he was doing bad, but the fact that we don't hear any mentions of any other names and he's just synonymous with Watergate is a is an issue for me.
1: Well, Nixon Nixon was overextending, like according to the people who actually run things, right? Nixon was in effect trying to create his own CIA to insulate himself from the CIA, uh, and that's what really got him in trouble. That and uh, rapprochement in um, in China. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's not – I don't think you can get very far doing uh, a comparison. It's mostly that in order to get into high-level politics, you basically have to be a member of these criminal conspiracies so that everybody knows that you're willing to play the game. And the people who get excluded tend to be the ones that aren't playing the game, and that's the problem. So – Yes, Nixon is surrounded by criminals. Nixon is also a criminal. He's not the only one. You're
0: right. But he's as much as a participant in this system as anybody else. Agreed. I just think there's always has to be the show or the spectacle that has to happen for the public. And there's obviously a lot of things that don't ever change. It just keeps going on. I mean, look at the we can cover this topic of the political assassinations. I never would have thought that would have been a method of strategy that the government would use to get away with their opponents. But then you look at the number of people that died, like Michael Hastings, the reporter that his car went 150 miles an hour into a wall. But then you look at like, obviously, people bring up Clinton kill list, but just bring bigger examples into the picture. JFK, RFK, MLK. I mean, take it on. John Lennon is one. I mean, there's a David Whelan I had on here. A lot of articles are trending out there could possibly be a second shooter, you know, much like that one is whether that's a fake conspiracy. We're not going to get to the answer of it. But. That was the whole 60s and 70s. And I think they just learned how to change their method or character assassinate like they do now by slandering articles. But I don't understand people's refusal to believe something when there's a lot of evidence to support those things. It's like watching Shermer and all these others just double down on claims of things that have been profoundly just explained. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I would argue that. uh there's very little evidence that is presented by people like Shermer for their own beliefs i mean that's kind of the problem with all of this uh conspiracy theorizing right i mean the issue is that the thing that you're saying is uh, uh inimical to the state not that it's particularly a conspiracy theory as such there was a uh recently uh there was an article written about um uh, my friend, Smiles Lewis, in the New York Times that I was quoted in. And the the woman who wrote that article, Annie Kelly, I think is a very sincere person. And I listened to a show that she did on the New York Times. They have like their own podcast or whatever. And the lady that's interviewing Annie Kelly has is taking exactly the position that the establishment always takes on these issues. She's basically asking her, geez, why are you talking all these nuts? You know, did you learn anything? What do you know? Uh, And that's the problem. But there are certain ideas in our society that are not questioned at all that are clearly conspiracy theories. Uh, One of them is feminism. Right. Feminism is a conspiracy theory. Feminism states that because the world has been built by men, it has been built in with structures that don't allow women to fully express themselves or make the same amount of money. And furthermore, that they posit the existence of a patriarchy a patriarchy uh, uh, of men who are deliberately doing things to stop women from being who they want to be, right? I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I, I'm, I'm feminist in many ways, but it is a conspiracy theory. But nobody ever thinks about it that way, right? Because no one, no one in the media would say that. But they say it about other things all the time, as long as those things are against what the state wants. Does that make sense? Total.
2: Yeah, you've written about that in your uh, tinfoil hat book.
0: So when you say feminism is a conspiracy like that, it's not a real movement or was there a movement that was created to? Okay. Did you see what you just did there? You you just, you, you hear the word, even you, you're hearing the
1: word conspiracy and you're thinking that it's false. No, I've just
0: gotten yelled at this. By multiple times, I'm a feminist, I'm a, I am ai would be a feminist, I support women to do whatever the hell they want. But there's a lot of things that have been parroted and created that aren't true, like the gender pay gap that women makes whatever percentage less than a man. That's not fucking true. It's the hours worked. That is the issue is the part that we talk about. It's the number of hours a man works compared to a woman because and that goes into very, very specific stuff. But Obama said it and he had to retract his statement about it because it was posted in the Rolling Stones and even the Rolling Stones retracted that. So it was like, are they just put it like they have statisticians, they can go check the stats. I have people at my work that are women that make the same either as much as me or more than me. So it's not like they're getting paid less because they're feminine. Is that what you mean? I'm sorry if I. Yeah, but I mean,
1: there are but but there are instances in which that was true. So, for example, um, I spent a lot of my uh, early career, I spent it in the insurance industry and in the insurance industry, uh, I worked at uh A company that was more than two-thirds women and the reason that they would hire women to go into insurance is because they could pay them less like that part is true they insure them less too there you go but i mean but the point is is that there are that that's a kind of a separate argument because then you start getting into how subtle these arguments become but as stated to just say that uh that you know, men rule the world and therefore are against women is a conspiracy theory. Like I say, I think it's partly true. I mean, it's it's a complicated argument, but the point is, is that it's not any different from having a theory about anything else. Most social theories have very little evidence.
0: Is it because it distorts the population so much? Like there are, those are some of the ones we would call conspiracy theories aren't just the biggest controversial events, but they're stuff that really, make society divided and fall apart immediately when you start talking about it much like you could do with the with feminism you could do with any of these subjects that you would consider conspiratorial even talking about nazis involved in our government or something of some nazi connections people don't want to touch it or people want to talk too much about it or people will just get divided and then start yelling and screaming at each other i mean we're going to see that happen again with, with the whole 9 11 anniversary as well too I think that's on on
2: purpose, the idea of attacking people who bring up uh, World War II, Nazism, Hitler, uh, as an analogy to anything else, that's become like a a point of cancellation. Uh, The whole idea that every argument, uh, three arguments in mentions Hitler, that whole thing. That has been very, um, you know, that has been very, uh, you know, manipulated to silence people from, and keep people from talking about that. And it's been very effective. Uh, but there are lots of... Ana- <laughs> so the reason they had to do that is because of the Fourth Reich. Uh, you, you, look at, you look at the rise, of course, they're not going to do it as Nazism. It's going to be disguised as something else. But it's there that we brought the Nazis in and created the CIA. Uh, you know, we the Soviets got their scientists; we got our Nazi scientists. Uh, the The ideals of Nazism survived. Nazism was destroyed. The German government of World War II was destroyed, but the ideas survived, and they were helped along by uh, allies all over the world, especially here in the US. Uh, and, and you're right, we don't talk about it because of the way the whole argument's been manipulated. And that in itself is a conspiracy. What Joe is saying is that many things we we know about and think about are conspiracies. We've just been trained not to, to realize, not to think of them as conspiracies. Where's your conspiracy
0: line at? Like, where do you draw the line on things that you can believe and things that you can't? Have you tried to question your own notions of where you believe a conspiracy is? Like, I've, I, like I've evolved. I think I'm more in belief of a lot more conspiracies in the sense of how far the government will go. Like, a cancer gun is ridiculous, but that exists. Um And now that opens up the whole field of cancer injections and other things. And I dive down a rabbit hole of what they did to incarcerated inmates and the amount of experimentation that pharmaceutical companies have had, and not only pharmaceutical companies, but the government's allowing of pharmaceutical companies to do what they want to prisoners in exchange for information or data. 100%. Yeah. There's a really
1: good book called Medical Apartheid uh, by Harriet Washington that I would recommend to anyone um it's particularly against african-american people but yeah if you read that you'd be insane not to believe in conspiracies it's because there was a whole bunch of them um and they were pointed at those experimentation on the least members of society according to society and so therefore they could get away with it
2: it's about the evidence that's where you draw the line draw the line of evidence i wrote about that in the real conspiracy nuts um There are lots of wacky conspiracies or or wacky official conspiracies. Uh, 19 guys with box cutters, that's a wacky conspiracy theory. But people don't even think of that as a conspiracy because we're not supposed to use the word conspiracy. Uh, It's easy to draw the line because you follow the evidence. If it's evidence for a conspiracy, you got a conspiracy. If the evidence doesn't play out to conspiracy, you don't have a conspiracy. We talked about the moon landing. Uh, You know that, you know, I don't buy into that whole Fake moon landing, weird but not fake. Um, so I, you know, it's easy to draw the line, you draw the line at the evidence, and so you have to be solid with the evidence, you have to think critically, you have to know how to think critically. You can see the real conspiracies, and that's what we have to do. I hope the public, I hope this whole false conspiracy thing with the JFK assassination will land us. I hope that makes people smarter, people who have to figure out. You know, I mean, we'll be able to point out that Landis is doing this and, and his allies are doing this. Bobby Ray Inman, Admiral Bobby Ray Inman, is the top, even if it's a composite, he's the primary. Because Woodward and Bernstein gave their papers to the Ransom Center at UT, where Bobby Ray Inman was the head of the LBJ School of Public Affairs, and he's still Professor Emeritus, retired. Still, still here, too. A lot of these old guys are still here. Um, and you'll see, you'll find Inman in the UFO debate too, interestingly, but Admiral Bobby Rayon, And so, yeah, it's easy to draw the line. You look at the, you look at the evidence, Mark felt evidence isn't there for a deep throat on Mark felt it's there for Bobby Rayon. You just look at the evidence. It's, It's not that hard if you know how to think critically.
0: Yeah, but see you're kind of speaking more rationally about like thinking critically and looking at the facts. You can't do that in any of these conspiratorial events. Not saying us, I'm saying but for the public there's it's emotion. The emotion comes out first and people aren't going to act rational. If you start saying that the whole 9/11 thing was staged or was a fake or was a conspiracy or whatever you want to say, okay, people are going to react either be very taken back from it or really going to be hostile about it and all this and then they're they're going to come at you with pitchforks and torches, and then the people that want to listen, That's also a problem as well, too, because when they start doing their own research, we get into simulated buildings, we get into other types of discussion, much like we get into the JFK thing. I mean, Jackie did it, all these other ones that start popping out there, whether that's real misinformation or someone came across something and went down a completely wrong path that they shouldn't have had and shouldn't have even been researching into it in the first place. So everything always leads back to distorting the way that you think about the event. And then there is a division that happens and there has never been a part where people come. Together, even though they think that they have all the facts and have a discussion about it. So we don't also have debates in this country either.
2: You know why that works? It's they're do they do it on purpose, they they inspire the emotion because emotion trumps reason. This is where the brain works. Emotion trumps reason, fear trumps other emotions. That's how terrorism works. So the the ultimate emotion is fear. And but all emotions trump reason. You have to, you have to avoid fear, you have to avoid emotions to maintain reason. And that's rule number one in critical thinking. But they, the manipulators, the deep state, the conspirators, they play up the psychological element of emotion. They want you to be emotional so that you won't think critically. That's how it works.
1: You got to think about it, uh, and this is something that I bring up with people sometimes, and they don't like it, but um you have a lot of sloganeering, uh, like, follow the science, right? Follow the science, follow the science. okay. It's science, well, TM, TM. We yeah, had that yeah. TM. Well, and that's the point. So look at, for example, uh, the Jeffrey Wigand case, right? Uh, if you're not familiar with Jeffrey Weigand, he was a whistleblower uh against t- uh, big tobacco I think he was was it RJ Reynolds I'm not sure about that one but he was working he was a scientist and he saw what was going on that they were manipulating the data uh, to make cigarettes more addictive and there's a famous video of the seven heads of the various tobacco companies swearing before Congress they were deliberately they were not deliberately um, making nicotine addictive right they said no 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 none of that is true behind the scenes they had hired all kinds of scientists to do experiments uh and then based on those experiments they were publicly stating that no nicotine is perfectly safe we know now it's not but when jeffrey wygand and and michael mann made a really good movie about this called the insider that i would recommend to anyone because wygand was scheduled to be on 60 minutes they did the interview And then 60 Minutes decided to do the show without the interview because it was so um, problematic for them because uh, CBS was getting sold to another company. And if they had drawn lawsuits from the tobacco companies, it might have ruined the sale, which would have made a lot of people a lot of money. So that's a good case study. So if something, the thing, the, the thing here that we're talking about, like why do people believe this stuff? Richard and I do not have a multi-billion dollar media empire to distribute what we think is true. They do. So I can't blame people too hard about falling for some of this stuff. I mean, I wish they would think more critically, but the reality is you are hammered by this stuff every day from birth
2: that's what we're dealing with. The tobacco conspiracy. One of the many conspiracies I detailed in um, True Believers, my two-part essay, True Believers.
0: But the public will accept that one more because it's a company that is obviously people know cigarettes are not good for you, but they still buy them anyway. But the the tobacco conspiracy, I mean, they They fake studies or they pay people off on studies to make it look like to support their thing, which is an issue. But people go, oh, yeah, okay," And they just gloss over and walk on to something else. What we're talking about more what I would consider conspiratorial is the government killing people and the government getting rid of people, the government doing what they possibly can to block the truth. Disinformation boards, misinformation boards, establishment type stuff like that. The company stuff like that, people will be more than happy. I mean, there's the longest stereotype of big pharma for the longest time. And then everyone dropped that. And immediately during this pandemic, everyone forgot all that out the window. So and this is my yeah. – yeah.
1: So those are – everything you just said have – they that has parallels to the Kennedy assassination, right? They're still using science,
0: technology, the media to hide the truth. Neutron star yeah. activation analysis. It, yeah.
2: Neutron activation. Neutron
1: activation, yeah. Uh, which be junk, junk science. Um, but yeah, trying to, trying to go through all this stuff, and this is why I think some people also get impatient with this kind of thing, is that you have to do a lot of work. You know, you have to go through and see, and then that reveals to you, uh, like in that famous scene in the, the movie They Live, right, the guy puts the glasses on and he sees that everything is telling you to obey, and he says... It figures that it would be something like this, yeah. <laughs> and that that is a very good description of almost everything that is going on in society. And we, and you go back to the beginnings. I mean, Edward Bernays, right, uh, was one of the guys that uh, designed propaganda to be used for commercial systems in the United States. He's the guy who invented, you know, four out of five doctors recommend blah blah blah. In the, in that case, it was they recommended cigarettes, and that four out of five doctors recommend eating bacon and eggs in the morning uh, which is bad by the way why americans eat bacon and eggs in the morning it's because of the industries that wanted commercials to say that that was a good thing to eat in the morning
2: you can find and, and cereal and everything else you buy at the grocery store it goes back to Bernays. i mean most of this stuff only came around in the 30s i mean you don't you don't six million years of human existence, and then suddenly shaving cream and shampoo and and deodorant. You know, (laughs) only since like the 30s. And what we eat for breakfast, the fact that we even eat breakfast or three meals a day, six million years of evolution versus since 1930 and Edward Bernays. You know, it just depends on how you think about it. We're, We're taught not to think in terms of conspiracy. There are conspiracies uh, that are taboo and that's the whole point is to make the worst conspiracies taboo you're not supposed to think about the government murdering people the the jfk assassination jfk rfk mlk that is a mass murder that's not just one guy two guys three guys mass murder witnesses were killed uh patsies were killed (laughs) it's a mass murder It's a slow motion mass murder, but yeah, it's mass murder. There's massive criminality. And until you stop the big lie that the Warren report is the official lie, um, until you stop that lie, you won't have massive criminality, which is why this Paul Landis thing is very interesting, because it it may kill the single bullet theory. Guys like Posner are going to still try to rationalize it, but in my essay, The Real Conspiracy Nuts, I point out about how if a scientific hypothesis is variable, the more variable it is, the less true it is. The best scientific hypotheses are the ones that resist variability, which is why we know how the seasons work. I go into all that. So, yeah, some conspiracies are taboo, and, and they can argue against them endlessly, and plausibility is not required. And let me say this. You don't need to examine every rock on a mountain to know it's a mountain.
0: Would you be happier if you could reset it and just take the blue pill and just go back into ignorance's bliss mode without knowing every single thing like this? Nope. Would not. No. Sometimes I think about it because it's the number of people I've seen become more, I guess, that are blasted forward in social media aspects of things for just pitching the official narrative. I mean, there's one of the two films that are coming or four films that are coming out for the 60th. One of them is uh, the History Channel's version, and Posner was interviewed for that, and a bunch of other people that obviously stick with the same official narrative story. You know that one's probably going to be the most bullshit, but that one's probably going to get a lot of attention. That one and David Mamet's, but David Mamet's even think goes into the mob did it aspect.
1: Yeah, Mamet's lost his damn mind.
2: Uh, yeah, that, that was Mamet was that's the was the opening shot. Landis is the second. Shot in this whole false conspiracy thing, uh, but they started talking about Mammoth's movie coming up. Mob did it. Mob killed JFK. Is what that movie is going to be about. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with this. If the scriptwriters are going to like rewrite for the, the death of a single bullet theory, but hey, it may it may help him out. You know, all you got to do is create a second uh, patsy. That's a fake. Uh, that's a fake patsy that nobody either either anonymous or some guy that died already and there you go you got a you got a conspiracy but it's only a second patsy. and the thing is they can it can inspire other misdeeds they can rationalize exhuming kindly getting the um fragments out of his body and faking all that you know to come up with some new version of neutron I don't activation and telescope.
0: I don't think they'll have to exhume Connolly. I don't think they're going to do that or they would have did it before when they asked for it. I know his wife said no, but.
2: It's one of the. Yeah, yeah. But now there's new supposedly there's new evidence with Paul Landis that, you know, uh, the the bullet. And this also destroys the chain of custody big time. uh, And it criminalizes Landis for, uh, you know, tampering with evidence.
0: Yeah, but criminalizing for his lying or misjustice, it's not going to really matter depending – I mean how old is he, like 88 or something like that? He's not a young fish. I mean how long would he be serving if he got a jail sentence?
2: They'll ignore the real legal issues, and they'll make up misdeeds like getting the uh, the fragments out of Conley and, and faking all that so that we debate that for another 100 years. And they they can rationalize. I mean, this is kind of an extreme thing, killing off the single bullet. Theory. It needed to be killed. Off. I, I I really knew they were going to bring it back to that, because that was the weakest point of their whole weak conspiracy uh, denial. Uh, so they had to attack the single bullet theory first. Uh, it seems like you know they're going to use that and parlay that into Mamet's movie, and we're going to have a mobster as the second shooter. Maybe I don't know. It's all gonna be fake and we're gonna argue about it, Uh, but we have the thread of truth. And those of us who have that will stick to that, try to get our voices heard, but they're increasing the noise is what they're doing. The noise that drowns Joe and me out, they're increasing that uh, static and that noise. Everybody's gonna listen to that because they listen to what seems official. Uh, My whole argument has been make the real conspiracy of Official, only then will the public in general know or or think about it in, in realistic terms when it's official, because most people are authoritarian, and they, they need to be spoon-fed everything. They're not going to go out and get this information on their own. Uh, and if it's officially spoon-fed to you, that's what you believe, and that's the general public. Well, media that's needs to make that.
0: a statement about it before people can hop on board to it.
2: Exactly, the media is part of the authoritarianism.
0: Yeah, but we only think of media as in the letters, the letters, the letter companies. We don't think of media as anything like independent journalism, The Intercept, any of these recognized things that go into ethics and sort of oversight by the government. It,
2: thank goodness it, we're here. Oh, good. I just saying, thank goodness we're here. This is media, uh, but you know, we're. I appreciate it. The illusion of freedom, the illusion of free speech, we're allowed to have our little space, our little corner of the universe uh, for the sake of uh, freedom of speech.
0: Go go ahead, Joe. You're (laughs) going to
2: say something. Yeah, go. Yeah, no, I was
1: just going to say there was an article, I think it was in the New York Times, like 30 years ago. I remember coming across this in my researches. But um, one of the... Theories that they posited in that article was that, um, what if Oswald was a shooter and there was another shooter completely unconnected to Oswald who was also firing at Kennedy that day, right? So you have two guys don't know each other, have nothing to do with each other, but they happen to show up at exactly the same moment to shoot at Kennedy, right? That is moronic
0: right the odds against that thing it's like yeah i don't i don't agree that it's moronic though wouldn't you if you were going to think of a conspiracy going from above wouldn't you hire two shooters to do the shootings
1: that's not what they're saying two unconnected shooters they don't know about each other they just happen to be firing at kennedy at the same time which is why there's this confusion about the ballistic evidence okay that's what they're trying to and, and what i'm saying is is that there is no conspiracy theory that is too stupid if it supports the argument of the state. That's the important thing. It's not really conspiracy theories they're against. It's against criticism.
0: Because they'll support all kinds of dumb stuff. Well, they'll do anything to protect their reputation. Exactly. Even though yeah. we all know the reputation it's, doesn't mean
2: jack shit. It's the ultimate coincidence, is what they're saying two completely unknown shooters happened to be there at the same time wanting to shoot Kennedy uh and it's the ultimate coincidence and uh yeah and, and, and it is moronic uh, but somebody came up with that you know they've gamed all this out they've tried they've sent up trial balloons on all kinds of stuff uh they've settled on the on the landis uh c399 discovery <laughs> also it raises the question very important question of You know, the medical consensus is that that gunshot wound in Kennedy's back was was uh, you stick your pinky down in it. Doctors said that something, a bullet, in a wound like that, it doesn't go through, but it just goes in a a little ways. Uh, The skin seals itself, starts to seal itself around it. It like sucks in bullets. Don't fall out of wounds like that. That bullet did not fall out of Kennedy and lodge itself in the, the seat. Get this. They're saying that it lodged itself in the seat behind him. It was stuck there, and that's where Landis found it. It stuck there, but it didn't stick in Kennedy inside a wound where bullets don't come out of. So the whole thing Reverse starts... trajectory out. or something so, like that. I forget what they called it. It raises the question, did Landis plant ce 399 you could take everything he says is true, except the, the science of it, and you have Landis planting the bullet. He claims to be the first guy to hold it. So yeah, we got that. So yeah, there, there are real threads here we can follow to the truth, uh, And and <laughs> but it's the noise. That's why they're building the noise against us, because we can see through the lies and we can point out the truths. Hopefully, you know, somebody once said, I don't know if it was Mark Twain, but somebody once said that the, the truth does not need to be shouted. The truth survives without being shouted.
0: you ever think they'll get to a point where they'll start eliminating conspiracy talk on any platforms like this just because i mean right now they already put disclaimers on it when you talk about the jfk thing they put the britannica thing but even some of them suggest wikipedia but i think everyone agrees now that wikipedia is not a valid source for news it is the first thing that people click on to just when they type in something to search but we know they're pages change all the time and i'm pretty sure there's plenty of books written about wikipedia's fraud on a lot of things when it comes to having a bias politically. Yeah, i mean wikipedia i don't
1: i mean i personally don't think wikipedia is any more biased than any encyclopedia. Yeah. I mean the same thing is true of that than is true of everything else. If you want to know uh you know who played on a rolling stones record in 1978, uh wikipedia is fine. If you're looking up something controversial, then Wikipedia is useless.
2: Yeah, if you want to know tensor calculus, Wikipedia is great. If you want to know anything, you know, science doesn't lie. Scientists do lie. Lisa Peace posted that as a tweet once. Scientists lie. Science doesn't. And there's lots of lying scientists. They lied for the tobacco industry, as you were saying. Uh, So don't believe scientists, believe the science, but you have to know science, and nobody knows science anymore. Um, Back in the early days of Wikipedia, people used to, just the internet itself, but then it evolved to Wikipedia. The argument was, uh, you believe believe the internet about that? You believe Wikipedia about that? I said, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I carried around a pocket dictionary and a pocket encyclopedia, uh, and uh, so I immediately knew that Wikipedia is just another encyclopedia. You never believed any one encyclopedia. You know how many encyclopedias said that Oswald killed Kennedy? <clears throat> All of them, except uh, the Penguin Encyclopedia of American History was the first one in the early 90s, I think, or late 80s, to come out and say, that it was a conspiracy of unknown origin, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but that kind of disappeared, I don't know. What that, it's a boiling frog. What you're talking about, Robbie, is a boiling frog effect. And if it's allowed to incrementally, they they go up by increments, it gets normalized, that allows them to go up another increment, it gets normalized. And yes, what you're in fear of, complete shutdown of free speech is possible, but only, it's the way, it, it's the reason we buy shampoo <laughs> and uh, and shaving cream and, and shaving lotion. Uh, that was all done incrementally. People thought it was nonsense when stuff like that first came out. Breakfast cereal, you're gonna make me eat oats? When I first wake up, You know, most people, based on their diaries, people have studied this. Most people would have their first meal after waking, first of all, they wouldn't eat right away anyway. I, a lot of people aren't even hungry when they wake up. Um, they uh, they would eat leftovers from the night before, from dinner the night before. That was the way most people did it, according to studies on that. So it's incremental. And they got the whole psychology worked out, starting with Edward Bernays. And you know the CIA does this. You know all the intelligence agencies play the psychology like this. So yeah, it could happen. But as as long as, you know... We need a we need a think tank to counter this. <laughs> That's where I always come back to.
1: You know, Robbie, it's funny you, you, you're talking about this, but uh, you know, George Carlin in the early '70s did a routine called "The Seven Words You Can't Say on Television." Right? It was it's cocksucker. I forget. Um, but nowadays, the seven words you can't say on television are not profanities. They're a bunch of magic words that would give you a strike from YouTube if I happen to utter those particular words. So that's what we're going, that's that's the, that's that's the direction we're heading.
0: So how do you remain a sense of optimism that the truth will ever come out or anything will ever get solved just because we have some critical thinkers or people that look into conspiracies and try and voice those when they can just as easily silence those people at a mix of ways to be able to do so? There's no incentive to to not play the game. When you try and take the long way around the way that you would consider truth, the idea of freedom, the idea of democracy. I mean, I'm more in belief now that we live in the illusion of democracy because we never had that shit in the first place, only because, I mean, Obviously, every, in my opinion, every government wants to follow that China model because it's the most effective way it looks like for the government's eyes to control your people and run a country without people having an opinion. You know, I think this idea of freedom of speech that we have over here is very dangerous to the government, and we're only maybe a short few years away from getting that taken away. It starts with the online stuff, but it'll leak into real life where things you can't say, things that would be considered wrong and that would be fined. And that would next thing you know, your jail time. So I don't have my sense of optimism. I'm more of a misanthrope, but when it comes to investigative journalism, when it comes to any of this type of stuff, there's not an incentive to do that. It's a thousand times easier to take the blue pill and play ball. You know, no, absolutely, but they, but how do you, you?
1: I don't know how to unring that bell, right? I, I'm not gonna. I, I am a. I've been an anti-establishment guy since birth. You know, it's just how I am, and I'm not gonna play ball. I mean, I just don't. You know, it's. What are you gonna do? Hey, let
2: me ask you, Joe. Let me ask you a question. When you when you were growing up in school and you were saying the Pledge of Allegiance every morning in school. What effect was that having? Did you did you think about that as you Yes, yeah, so I was extremely irritated about it. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. The the same Pledge of Allegiance every morning irritated me to the point of going against it. I would I would make up my own funny words to it, you know. I still do that with certain the eyes of Texas. I'm now seeing it, the lies of Texas. Um, but yeah, it had the opposite of intended effect. They they wanted to have the little impressionable kids. I guess it works on most kids, but you always have a group of kids where it doesn't, it has the opposite effect on them, like Joe and me. Uh, and singing the national anthem and all of that crap. We we have the Texas, the, you know, what is our tech? We have a song, Texas has a song. We have a Texas Pledge of Allegiance. We have a Texas Pledge of Allegiance. We're taught Texas history by seventh grade. Uh, <laughs> But we, a lot of us started digging into the real history because of that, and that's what made us. You know, it had the opposite effect on them. There are a lot. There, I'd say about what ten percent of the population is geared in that direction. So there, there's optimism there. Uh, there's other reason for optimism. Be a skeptic, not a cynic. Now you say you're a misanthrope. That's fine. It's fine to be a misanthrope. Uh, but a cynic is is where you think everybody works in their own self-interest, and everybody's bad. Uh, cynicism is unhealthy. Skepticism is healthy, and those two words have been manipulated to mean to be analogous. Uh, I do believe not... in a
0: sense of cynicism a little bit too. I think most people are only doing things because they can get something out of it. I don't think that's crazy. I just think that's how the world's evolved.
2: Your your definition cynicism has been has been corrupted. A lot of, even in the media, they use the word cynicism to mean skepticism. Keep this in mind: cynicism unhealthy, skepticism healthy. They're the opposite. It's
1: funny because uh, you know that's essentially Adam Smith's whole thing, right? At the very beginning of this stuff is that you, the the economic man, is the man person who pursues exclusively their own interests, and that and economics is based on this. But that's not actually. Like it's not my experience of the world. I mean, most people are self-interested to some extent, but the fact of the matter is, is that most people you meet on a daily basis are not solely pursuing their own interests all the time. Most people are very social and they will do socially proactive things for no reason other than to do them. Right. So it's it's a it's a it's a line where if you start to believe that everybody is only out for themselves then yes that will essentially make the world worse it will encourage that kind of behavior but humans as they're as they're born they're social they want to be in social groups they don't want to just pursue themselves does that make sense
0: yeah <clears throat> yeah i just don't agree though i think most people are just i don't know i've seen a lot of selfish People in the world, I think most people are only you only care about the people you care about, obviously. Um, So I, I think when you put people in a position like that, I mean, you can I don't I'm not using the pandemic as an example, but if you take scenarios that are of drastic measures that come to attacks on you or attacks on your family, you know, people are going to be selfish in that aspect of thing. You're going to protect your family or you're going to protect yourself. But that doesn't work for a society, because at this point now we are now considering politics a part of our identity and the fact that we do that it becomes like home field advantage when you live in a state and someone talks shit on your state who's not from there you can talk you guys can talk as much shit about texas as much as you want because you guys live there but if i come in as an outsider and say yeah fuck texas you're gonna give me shit because you guys are immediately gonna have a sense of defense maybe not you specifically but just in this scenario, if there's other people out there, it's that brainwashed home field advantage where now there's no conversation. Now there's hate against me for speaking out against the place you guys live. I would do it if you guys did it to my state. I could talk as much trash in my state as much as I want. But it's that home field advantage. It's just ingrained it into us. And now that's like that with our politics. You say if I say Democrats, Republicans, can conservatives, liberals, progressives, they all suck. And people go, hey, it's like, well. I don't consider you a political person. I just go, you're Joe, you're rich. You're That's who you are. It's who you were given with at birth. That's your name. That's who I think of you. But people now identify as that's my side. You're calling trash or scum. And there's now no conversation. That's why I'm a misanthrope. It's because we're getting stuck on old ideologies, whether it's religion, whether it's this, whether it's that. And people look, I don't care if you believe in something. That's fine. But it doesn't define you. And now we're making it to a point where people want to define themselves by that. And I, that's okay if you want to do that, but I just don't think it helps any of the arguments or conversations to be had. It divides us more apart as people because now we're identifying with that over who we are as people.
2: Look at it Look at it this way, Robbie. Tell me. Nobody, right. Go ahead. Nobody I'm- knows the evil. of. Look at what Joe and I say about Texas. Nobody knows the evil of Texas better than we do. Nobody There's great about... oil
0: people there. I heard they've done
2: great things for the community. Oh, about. but, but we, uh, we can also argue the other side of that. Penn Jones was a Texan. Roger Craig is a Texan. Uh, you know, look at all the great Texas musicians. What they Texas Roadhouse, beautiful steaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the, the baby back ribs at Texas Roadhouse. They melt in your mouth. No, no. <laughs> uh, but we can, Joe is Texan. I'm Texan. Look at what we're doing. Uh, I, I have a list of about 10 researchers, first generation researchers. Are you checking it twice? Uh, yeah. I'm always, I'm always trying to build it. You'd think there would be more, but there, you know, we know about the JFK conspiracy because of, you know, Not just the people who came from Philadelphia down and investigated in Dallas, but people who were there in Dallas already and could see right through it right away. Uh, So we're Texans, and nobody trashes the state better than we do. Uh, My book's titled The Deep State in the Heart of Texas, and I live in the heart where it is. I call it Conspiracy Central. Uh, uh, The... uh, the lie, my ass of the lies of Texas. Uh, I use the Latin term, but it means mother of conspiracy. That's the subtitle, lies of Texas, mother of conspiracy. Because I love UT's um, new motto that they started in 2004. What starts here changes the world. Yeah, you bet it does.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and Robbie, I thought what you just said was exactly right in um, one point that kind of illustrates what you're talking about, what Richard's talking about is uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr., right? The, the the media has been sparing him lately on the basis that there are some Republicans that support him. Like that's that's what he's guilty of. He's guilty of having some Republicans think that some of the things that he's saying make sense. So that's where you're at. You're absolutely right. There's There's tribes... And they're at war and the media can take advantage of it. And somebody who's trying to speak to everybody is immediately dismissed as a fringe lunatic because he's trying to speak to everyone.
2: Bobby Kennedy Jr. came out right away and commented on the Landis thing, calling the single bullet theory dead. He's the only candidate. That's what's so unique about this election season and why I'm watching it so closely, Uh, because I was I was trying to push Things in that direction. When when Kennedy came out in his uh, book and said that the CIA killed his uncle and father, uh, I tried to push that idea. I didn't know he was going to jump in and run for president, uh, but I was trying to push somebody to do it. There are others who could have done it, uh, but here he is, and he's the only one that's done it. His uncle, his his father, made the mistake of knowing about the conspiracy, but not making it an issue. So I've said for a long time, when I first saw the logic of this, you have to get in their face. You have to make it the issue. And he's the first guy who's done this. Uh, and I'm just so interested in watching it play out. Uh, I'm not going to make any predictions. Uh, but it's. I think it is the least dangerous route. Uh, There are other people, you know, I quoted uh, Al Gore in the 1992 campaign uh, saying that was was the year everybody was talking about Oliver Stone's JFK. And so they, reporters would ask Clinton and Gore about it. And Gore said uh, he believed that it was a a conspiracy uh, of unknown origin and all the files need to be released. He said that in public at a campaign event. Uh, Clinton took the opposite side and said, uh, I'm satisfied with my Secret Service protection, (laughs) which was smart, I guess. Um, We've still got – we've still got Robbie Kennedy Jr. who – he doesn't have Secret Service protection now. He requested it. He he requested it early. Sometimes they will grant you uh, early status for Secret Service protection, and he made that request. That may have been a chess move to see what the reaction would be to doing that. They said no, which I think is probably what they were trying, the reaction they were trying to get so that they could criticize it, uh, which would be, that would be the brilliant chess play if that happened. Uh, But just wanting it, period, um, yeah. But eventually, I mean, if he starts winning primaries, uh, he will get Secret Service protection. But is that a good thing? I don't know. I don't, I don't i tend not to think so. Uh,
1: <laughs> it definitely echoes a conversation that I've drawn people's attention to um in the uh, the Nixon White House tapes where Teddy Kennedy was running for president. And um, there's this very cold-blooded conversation with the usual suspects. It's Haldeman and Eric Ehrlichman uh, and Nixon, and they're debating whether um to give Teddy Kennedy secret service uh, protection. And they're saying, well, here's the problem. If the son of a bitch gets gets shot, it's going to be our fault. Uh, but then we're legitimizing him if we we grant him this thing. And there's this whole very um, uh, pragmatic discussion from their point of view. And As soon as uh, Bobby asked for that, it's the first thing I thought of was yeah, it's this, it's this echo to the past where they were debating whether or not to do it for Teddy. Because they got the same problem.
2: Yeah, 1980, that was fascinating.
0: I mean, when it – I mean, we just had a – Tulsi Gabbard was on Joe Rogan talking about the Maui fires incident. And I think that's like – people are getting to the level of conspiracy. I think the first thing everybody in Maui was – calling it saying it was the government trying to buy property there now that would be in our realm of conspiracy but now i think a lot of people were even talking about it more the general public was and i think the first thing that they did was ban anybody from buying property over there for business or corporations that were trying to buy up property to try and what they would call help out um and tulsi gabbard was on joe rogan she's a was a presidential i'm not candidate but she was going for it um But I think that's interesting that the public's in on that discussion. I just don't think it ever goes past there, though. Like I said, there's the spectacles. There's the events. There's the we're going to do this and we get right up to the doorstep, but we never go in. There's no it reverts right back. It resets. It always resets. How do we stop the reset? Not the grand reset. Fucking someone mentions 1984. Again, I'm going to lose my shit. Um, But I'm just saying the reset, the whole process and track back up the mountain to get to the top, to snowboard all the way down and go right back up again. I want to get to the other side. I don't want to keep going back down and doing the same track 15,000 times. And I'm looking through history and I'm like, what's the counterculture? well we saw the counterculture of the 60s and 70s and all that what is that today internet forms uh there's still people speaking out tweets social media does it It just changes form i mean i'm seeing the same thing and i feel like i'm literally living like people say i was born in a different time period i'm fucking looking at the 60s and 70s i'm like it's like the same thing but just the technology is different that's it it's there's not there's not a whole lot of damage i mean people can still we say one thing that could be bad we could be taken we could be whatever happened, and it would just be a cool article. Robbie gets throat chopped stepping out of the shower. Everyone's like, "Damn, that's that is a cool way to go." But it's not it, like anything's going to be investigated into that. There'll be people with the hums and the hymns and the whatever you know, murmuring things of saying, "Okay, he probably was killed by the government." But then, what do you do about it? Do You just yeah, say, "Here's what." I, here's what I would point out about speaking of of, um, and we're talking about ways to move against the state, right? So, um just don't say revolution cuz that will get kicked off youtube just keep oh, away oh yeah no i know
1: you. no i've always been careful about about not saying that um but you know there are certain realities but the the people who wanted real change that supported donald trump because they thought that was a way to give a big f u to the united states right and the things they didn't like i i would invite them to investigate bobby junior's background because um for example nobody has talked about vanguard state street and blackrock right that is not something that any presidential candidate has pointed to or anybody else for that matter he's trying to draw attention to the fact that there's these companies essentially are you know they own wall street and they're close to owning the world stuff like that um his environmental firm that he started back in the 80s take a look at some of the judgments he got And who he got them against, 670 million judgment against DuPont, another $300 million judgment against DuPont, uh, the New York City uh, water establishment, billions. There, There has never been a presidential candidate who has an actual record to this extent of defending people's lives against large institutions. And that includes... The NAACP, that was like the very first case he took as an environmental lawyer, uh, the native peoples of the world where he's been able to get uh, the United States, rather, uh, where he's been able to get judgments in their favor as well, much like his father, you know, who uh, got criticized by his own. His the, When Bobby Kennedy Sr. was running for president, he got criticized by his people. It's like, what are you hanging around with Cesar Chavez and all these Indians for? And Bobby said, you guys are a bunch of bastards because <laughs> he said to his own people that, that are with him he said you guys are a bunch of bastards you don't love natives the way i do um and i think bobby jr has taken on some of that as well and i think that's those are very positive developments so um again I, i'm not here to jump mm, for him
0: but disagree.
2: look at his record
0: i had my yeah, own just, interaction just, to say i can disagree with that one but that's fine sure.
2: Yeah, well, you know, you have a personal thing against
0: Bobby Kennedy Jr. I don't right? have anything no. personal against him. I just, there's a thing I just didn't like that happened, and that's fine, but, you know. I think I, I
2: remember it. what that, I think I remember what that is, too. I, think
0: I waited nine months for him to do my show, and then he tells me, sorry, I'm only doing big platforms. I'm like,
2: that's what bro, I remembered. The fuck is what that? I,
0: I get it. That's fine. Look, hey, I get it. Um, uh, I, I'm still going to remain not voting, like I've always not voted, um, just because I don't believe. It's going to be mattered anyway.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people. I don't care about a, a single individual's vote. I don't, I don't care about that uh, because it's private and it's secret. Uh, it's, you know. Why should it be private? It's like not
0: acknowledging or telling someone how much you make so then they can't charge you more. If you don't tell someone who you voted for and you make it a stigma, then they can just rig the shit out of it and everyone be like, well, this is how everyone voted. And then you'll never know the truth. It's like, wait, if all five of us voted this person, why the hell did
2: that guy win? It's like, oh, think about it. It's virtue signaling. You can say you voted for anybody. Brainwashing. Uh, Nobody has to know. How or what? You can go all the way. You can like register. You can go into the polling place. You can go up to the machine. You can like play around with it and not even vote uh, and just make give the illusion that you vote. You know, whether or not you actually vote, who you voted for, nobody can prove that.
0: The Simpsons called it when Homer went to go vote, and he hits the button, and it was above Obama's. And they're like, "Thank you for voting for Obama." He's like, "That's not who I clicked." And he went to hit the button again. "Thank you for voting for Obama again." He's like, "I'm not clicking that button."
2: And he keeps clicking and clicking and clicking. You know how many people in history have voted for Mickey Mouse and even Homer Simpson? I voted Ron White. And then they'll they'll say, "I, I voted for Strom Thurmond." Uh, you know, I voted for George Wallace. Let's get Hillary in there.
0: Let's get Hillary in there. I want to see that pantsuit.
2: She won the popular vote. Yeah, I don't know why. That
0: scares me more than anything.
2: Because she she won the actual vote too.
0: They got some – I need to know their background if that Clinton list is real because I'm seeing some names on there. Like one One dude was hanging from an extension cord and shot himself in the chest with a shotgun and was ruled as a suicide. And I'm just like. What's and, with the, some of the, the extension cord hang? Why well, I got to do it like that?
2: Just what? It yeah. doesn't make sense to me. There's theater involved. Uh, I was an election worker for 25 years, and some of my first elections locally, I counted paper ballots by hand.
0: Were you changing and,
2: some of them? Say, changing some of them? You know what? It, it's not. It's not the solution people think it is. Uh, there's a reason that that they tried to improve. Vote counting with machines because, uh, you know, think about once again uh, six million years of human history and then machines. Uh, you know, how else would they count votes? There was voting long before there were machines. I, I, I
0: might vote for Bobby Kennedy Jr. because his wife's on, um, what, what's that damn show? Oh, god. Curb your enthusiasm. I didn't know that was his wife. I was like, "Holy shit!" I know she's from RV, where they're singing, going down the highway, and she's like, "I'm on a GTO." I was like, "I might vote for him
2: because of that." Box thirteen, Duval County, Texas. What 1938? Uh, the thing that got Lyndon Johnson going. All paper ballots, hand counted. They found they found a lot of dead people ballots to put in there. Box thirteen, Duval County.
0: Well, I definitely think election fraud is real. I definitely think that happens. Elections get rigged. But I also don't think it's just our government that does them either. I think it's a bunch of things that start happening, a bunch of influences. Did you ever listen? There's a podcast out there on Joe Rogan. It's Robert Epstein. Um, He was showing how Facebook, Google, and all these giant tech companies have been able to skew votes around election season by running certain political ads on their thing. Um, And suggesting them through algorithm measures, like if you're an undecided voter and they can pick that up from like a thing you might answer on Facebook or a survey you might answer on Google when they usually roll them out there, they'll target you more to who they want. And they showed a 60 percent uptick in Hillary Clinton supporters because of the fact that they were targeting unsupported or undeclared people that I guess were in the middle. He has a lot of science that goes into it. I was going to have him on my show discuss it, but – the the one thing that never made me about that, I'd never met
1: anybody who was undecided about whether they were going to vote for Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump.
0: Or they just undecided that they were going to vote in general. Maybe. Like I'm undecided in voting because I don't think we have any good candidates up there, even though RFK Jr. is in all support of what I got, which um I might just toss the vote in for him, just give him a hand if he needs it, but. I I like to speak to people before I know that's why I want to speak to Bernie Sanders and all that. I want to know the person and see if I can if you can do an unscripted like this one is an unscripted conversation. You get the person's actual thoughts and feelings about things rather than when people want the more structured style. And I've seen him on some podcasts that are very unscripted. So I think he's got a good basis to it. But also, I want Tulsi up there. Come on, baby.
2: There's lots of ways to manipulate the votes. One thing that's not talked about anymore is paying for votes. Uh, Molly Ivins once said that uh, the, the famous journalist, Molly Ivins, opinion journalist, Texan, by the way, Molly Ivins, add her to the list. She, uh, she said, Texas uh, is the national laboratory for bad government. We do it here worst and first. So, yeah, we're the national laboratory for bad government. Then it gets farmed out, you know, gradually to the rest of the country. And all this vote manipulation, and that goes way back here in Texas. The whole idea of the dichotomy of Democrat versus Republican is a mess in Texas. People don't know. If you start calling yourself a Democrat or Republican, uh, you don't know what you're talking about.
0: Well, they're like slurs when you say them to someone who's not on that side. People look at you like, get away, get away. It's like
2: acid. And now, gerrymandering started before Texas was even a thing. But it was definitely perfected here in the National Laboratory of Bad Government. Uh, uh, redistricting, uh, the whole idea of just blatant criminal redistricting and, and constantly pounced on by the Justice Department and having to redraw your maps every single election time. Uh, that Texas had the longest history of all that. The, the whole idea of term limits uh, was was manipulated by Democrats in Texas, Governor Shri- uh, Shivers, Governor Shivers was one of the longest, he was the first long serving governor that, that beat the whole term limit thing. And then, oh man, and it goes on and on. Texas is the national laboratory for bad government. If you want to know how it's done, if you're suspicious of how elections are manipulated, study election history in Texas, man. That, that's where it started. Man, what starts here changes the world. UT's motto. Yeah. Love it. Good stuff. Yeah. But, but, uh, walking around money. That's what it was called when it, when people used to talk about it. It was called walking around money. You pay people. Here's 50 bucks. Go vote for this guy. Uh, you know, I'll pay you. I'll pay you to register. I'll pay you 50. I'll vote for
0: any candidate that just, goes and tries to fix a lot of this money budgeting problems that we have in this country. No offense, but I don't think $26 billion needs to be spent to NASA um, when we can have problems with homeless population that could be fixed. Or fuck, go after Bellazio for $850 million that was spent towards a men- supposed to be spent towards a mental health fund, and he just says, I lost the money. I was like, yeah. wait, 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 that's, that's not something like ease That's not like a nickel or a dime that you can just lose in the car seat You know, this is something that's a large amount of money that was supported and given to support and help the mental health fund to be able to help out those people down there, and it's just gone. But there's no answers to that.
1: Well, he's he's a piker compared to the Pentagon. Pentagon's a king
0: of trillions of
2: dollars. Oops.
0: Yeah. Trillions, yeah.
2: Many, many trillions.
0: Like I said, I don't know how you guys maintain the
2: optimism in this one. Because everything, uh, we're having to a new level of, I don't know if I want to get into this. Come the on. singularity.
0: Don't... Oh, the singularity.
2: It comes down to whether, it comes down to this, um, whether or not you believe the the universe is, is moral or immoral. And trying to create friendly AI comes down to that too uh and it's pointless if the universe is immoral ai is not going to be friendly because nothing is friendly if the universe ultimately is moral ai will be friendly and there's nothing we can do to make it friendly so it's it's like a non issue um so optimism really comes down to that that goes back to the greek philosophers you know do you believe the universe is ultimately Moral or ultimately immoral. And I I think people, ing- people are ultimately good. There's more good than bad. I believe the universe is constructed that way. Um, you know, we're, there's a lot of luck involved. You know, the fact that we haven't been blasted by a neutron star uh, in our little hideaway here in this arm of the galaxy in this particular galaxy at this particular time. But but time itself. I've studied uh, the physics of time, quantum uh, physics, the many worlds interpretation, Hugh Everett. Um, it comes, you know, you you can't. There is optimism built into the system. I think. So ultimately, you have to get to that space. When I was 25, Robbie, I didn't know any of this. I, I'm optimistic that you will. Your thinking will develop, and it will all come to you. We have three three different... I'm 20 years older than um, Joe, and Joe's 20 years older than you. So, that's where my optimism is from. I've seen my own evolution towards optimism. I was like you at 25. I was very cynical, very very down on everything. I, see, I saw no, a lot of people your age commit suicide because they think that way, too. Don't do that, Robbie. Because if Study study uh, the many worlds interpretations Hugh Everett, who discovered the
0: many worlds. I've done episodes on that and the AB world hypothesis and all that type of
2: stuff. was out there in the space
0: realm. I'm just trying to make sure we don't, you know, there's people that are obviously bad things are happening, ethical concerns that I'm more focused on than the.
2: Yeah, it's the illusion that death is any kind of a solution. It's not. Uh, You don't know. You don't know where you end. You don't know what death is. You could end up in a worse space. I Just think a, that's what happens. A me- throat chop would be but nice,
0: hope- I'm telling you. I'm banking on a throat chop. But what would you suggest methods for people that are willing to get on the right track of trying to get to a place of understanding or thinking about things in a rational sense without acting with emotion first?
1: I mean, the thing that's worked for me, and again, I'm naturally like this, right? Is if I get interested in something, I will read about that thing, and then I will read contrary opinions about that. thing, uh, And that goes to any topic. So I do not make any demarcation. If I'm interested in a particular topic, I'm going to read every damn thing I can find, and then I'll try to sort through what I think makes the most sense out of this morass. Um, but that's that's something that requires a great deal of study, and that's not always going to be appealing to everyone. Um, so one thing I might say is try not to get stuck in one paradigm. So like what Richard is saying about cynicism, one of the problems with cynicism is that that becomes the only tool in your toolbox, and you use that for everything. The problem is cynicism is not an adequate explanation for all human behavior. So if you always use that as your tool – you're going to come up to some. You're going to get some wrong conclusions. So that's one thing to do is don't get stuck in believing only one perspective or only one way of looking at anything. Just be open and see see where you go.
2: It's known as the law of the instrument. If every problem is a nail, a hammer is always the solution. Avoid avoid um, the law of the instrument. Um,
0: i like that you guys are optimistic at least i'm just on the opposite side at this point now maybe it gives me hope for you know in like 20 years if the world doesn't fucking fall into whatever you want to say dark hole somewhere even if Um, it
1: does but even if let's say i mean because there's like richard was pointing out the earth isn't a precarious place there are there's a substantial evidence um in the ancient record of cyclical disasters that come periodically um because of the fact that you know the sun is 99.9% of the mass in the solar system and if the sun gets mad about something and it burps you know
2: it can fry the earth right but so what mm. you know in you the late 18- do- and like the 1820s there was a uh, uh, there was a uh, a burst from the sun. That, in. Uh, the only way they could record it electronically was it was the early days of the wireless, uh, and it fried it fried electrical systems. Uh, and there was one accidental thing where they are able to record it as like a level eight burst. And the most we've seen since then, when we've had you know burst from the sun. Is like a level four, you know. We we call those serious. They disrupt our fancy communication we got now. But there's an eight on the way again. Uh, it's not an unusual thing. Well, they had an Son event that the they had an event that where
0: there was so much electricity in the air that it was powering people's walkie-talkies. It was a long time ago. Yeah, Yeah. I did an episode with it with all those people that have been on about the Younger Dryas Impact Hypothesis and have done all that research. I've done plenty of episodes about that. I have 1,500 of them, Rich. You should check one one out. (laughs) Yeah. No, the the Carrington event, if the
1: Carrington event were to be repeated now, uh, we would be basically back in the Stone Age.
0: Right?
1: There would be no – we would not be able to use our phones. If it
0: happens when I hit 1,500, I'll be so fucking pissed. (laughs) It all just goes
2: away. I'm like, Damn. You better get it out be, be, ha- be happy every day that <laughs> that we're here and able to laugh and smile and uh there's Gentle- there- i have to say gentlemen
0: i'm going to wrap this up um but uh, i appreciate the time you guys gave me to talk on my show seriously it was good chatting with you guys again i know we didn't have a structure to it but i always enjoy our chats and wish i would have got the red shirt memo um next time maybe next time uh but thank you so much guys for talking with me is there a place rich where we can find your links and then joe we're gonna end with you
2: buffalo it's all free i got it up from behind paywalls and i'm adding more stuff all the time
1: joe uh joe green jfk is always the easiest way to find my stuff i'm gonna plug something that's not mine though, since we've been talking about this right this is a book by vine Deloria. It's called The Metaphysics of Modern Existence. And if you're interested in the kind of things we were talking about in the last 10
0: minutes, pick this thing up. It's great. Find a lawyer. He was the man. I'll link that in the description. I'll link all your guys' links in there as well, too. Thank you again, gentlemen. It's a pleasure talking with you, and thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank.